0: Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art. I like to paint monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast hosted by renowned artist Chet Zarr. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chet. I guess we're back to the new intro now, huh? For the we, we like deviated for those two episodes. Yeah,
1: that was a nice and little I, sw- switch up.
0: Well actually I had some people, I'm already starting the episode, I guess I had some people at the Dark Art Society Retreat um, talking about the intro and how they'd like the intro to shift and change. Oh really Now that doing it for so long yeah that they oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's some suggestions about that, so that was kind of neat.
1: Well, I got a ton of songs that are about that as finished as the the, um, the original. Yeah. You know, so I got like, I could, you know, it's just a matter of time, but man, I would love to do, um, you know, once a month, have a new theme song or every six months or something. Yeah. It'd be cool. Or huh? Every year. That would be cool. Every year do a new theme song. Yeah. Have we been go- have we- we've been going, we've we been going a year, right? Yeah. We've
0: been yeah. Forever. We're our, our 52 was our yearly and our, no, actually I think 51 cause we did, um, two extras one week or 53 rather cause we did two extras one week when we started, but we're on that, ep- but this is episode 80. Wow. So yeah, like we're like almost thirty episodes past. So we're like, you know, a year, and more than a year, and a half, I guess. Now. We
1: gotta figure something special out for episode one hundred. Something big. Maybe that's, well, no, I don't know. Something different and exciting, and get some big guest on.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. I think that doesn't. That'll probably land in twenty nineteen, huh? So we got 20 well, left to do. How many weeks are left in the year? <laughs> yeah, good question. Not, not 20. So, so uh, for 12, 15 or something. 15 maybe? Yeah. So it'll be next year when the 100th episode happens.
1: I keep losing my lighter and I have
0: to use my crack torch, which is a sculpting torch, but. It works for crack too. I mean, cigarettes too.
1: Yeah, it works for anything you need to light on fire an annoying friend it's it's big though so i can't lose it that's the cool thing about this torch i couldn't carry it around but i never leave the house anyway so i gotta I had to i still haven't gotten the car situation dealt with i had to rent a car again i've rented a car probably every two weeks for the last month or so i had to rent a car to go to my tax guy because he's like over an hour away there's no way i oh, car yeah. would make it and i gotta go to um Son of Monster Palooza this weekend. Um, I, I'm, I co-curated the the museum they do that we do every year.
0: Yeah, I remember I went to that. Uh, oh for yeah, the documentary it's, in twenty
1: seventeen. Carrying that head around. Yeah, dancing yeah. around, <laughs> heartbroken head. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, so, but I have to go. I, I'm not because I'm painting for the show. I can't go out until Sunday. So they're dealing with that. But I'm gonna, I have to go out there Sunday. My car wouldn't make it. So I had to rent a car all weekend just so I could get out there. Yeah, it's so that like 40 minutes away. And I probably should get into Uber maybe. But that seems like a long way to go for an Uber. I, don't, I just don't like the idea of being someone else's having to talk to someone I don't know for 40 minutes. <laughs> well,
0: you, <laughs> well, you don't have to. I mean, it's yeah, not like I know. you have to talk to them. I did a bunch of Ubering when I was down in Miami, uh, Miami beach for writing for tattoo master magazine. And I'd never done Uber before. And yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting, interesting experience. Sometimes the, the drivers really do want to talk to you a lot and sometimes they, they don't at all, but they're also from my observations anyway, limited observations. They also will just kind of do whatever you do. Mostly uh, If you had your earphones in your ears. You know what I mean? Right. Even if you're not listening to music, they'd probably think you were listening to music and not bug you. Yeah, that's, that's just true. funny because Bobby Jones was just posting on Facebook about how he gets like really annoying, talkative Uber drivers. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. going
1: <laughs> yeah, Oh, he, sorry. I'm he, gonna take this. he sent out his number. He's like, uh, if you're ever if you're ever annoyed by an Uber driver, here's my number. You can give me a call.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, but, but yeah, but that was all. Those were all like yeah. short drives, you know. That yeah, was yeah. all like yeah. right around a pretty small vicinity.
1: Well, Gabe, you know, Gabe is big on Gabe Leonard's big on it, and um, he he lives in downtown LA, so everything, you know, he's a, near just about everything he needs. Right. So he's re- uh, really into it. It's pretty. It's cool not having to park and not having to deal with traffic. That's that's the great part. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, the only place I go is to the grocery store, which is right around the corner, and I could take the car for that because it's still alive. But anything else is at least 30 minutes away. So it's, yeah. you know, it's I need a car, basically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working on that, though. <laughs> but, so, okay, anyway, we're going to talk about, the uh, do a recap of the... Dark Art Society retreat today that I yeah. was not able to make, unfortunately, but Mike hosted it, and he's got the lowdown. So you, you would say it was a huge success?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's always the kind of like 11th hour changes and things that happen. But uh, but yeah, overall, I would say it was a huge success. Everybody, you know, I judge success on those kinds of things. Now, granted, I've never done a retreat before at my house. I've done on all my property. I've done lots of Land of Enchantment tours, uh, but I've never done a retreat. So I have to kind of base it on the rubric of what I've done with Land of Enchantment Tours. And I base the success of a Land of Enchantment Tour on whether or not it seems that the participant got what they were seeking out of it. And so, again, for the retreat, I felt like everyone got what they were seeking out of it. And so that, to me, is is a success. You know, everybody... Went, went in with an idea of, you know, and that's kind of how we started it actually was once everybody was here, we sat around and we all, I basically opened the table up for people to talk about what it is that they want to get out of it. You know, are they here for, were they here for relaxation and to get away from their daily life? Or were they here to network with other dark art society members? Or are they here to have, you know, learn about, um, social media administration and crowdfunding and campaigning and that kind of stuff, or Here to do art, you know, and so everyone had the the different things they were interested in. And so my goal as a facilitator is to ensure that everyone gets what they need out of it, you know, and and that includes personal time as well as group time. So I tried to make sure that I bopped around and interacted with everybody on an individual level as well as on a group level and that all the activities were based upon what people genuinely wanted because in advance I had said, well, we could do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then I wanted to sit around and see, well, what are people really interested in here so that I'm not dragging them along on something that they don't care about because it's like I could do this anytime I live here. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. It was just, everybody seemed really comfortable with one another. Everybody was really open. Um, it was a a more intimate group. Originally we were going to have 10 people here, ended up with six people. So that actually made it a little bit more personal and intimate, which was kind of, kind of neat. Not like we expected that, but you know, the result was cool. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of really, really cool people. A good age group too, you know, people ranging from 50s to early 20s. So it was a it was a nice bandwidth. It was 50s. Of, uh, I don't know if they want me to say that, uh, so I'm not going to.
1: <laughs> I thought I was like the oldest one.
0: I thought I was uh, the only one who broke the 50 barrier. I, I'm pretty sure that there's that one of the people that was here breaks the 50 barrier. All right. But maybe it could just be that they're in their older 40s. Either way, I know that they're older than the other person that was here that I thought was the oldest. So (laughs) uh, there was – but either way, you know, top 40s, low 50s down to (laughs) low 20s, you know, same difference. I'm I'm pretty sure that that one of those people is 50. But anyway – So, yeah, so it was, you know, it was a good, like, again, a good range of people and also, you know, a variety of different types of people from people that are, you know, professionals that work in a professional capacity outside art, but do art on the side and collect art to people that are professional artists. And that's all they do Mm -hmm. uh, to people that do, you know, um, uh, like production work on the side and, and they do art. And so it was just interesting to see all the different kind of tiers of people and us all interacting together. But we all have these very different uh you know, ways that we're approaching life, be it 100% making money off art or not, or a mix and people going to school, people that were attending school to get degrees. And yeah, so just it was again, I felt like it was a really comfortable group. And you always learn a lot from those experiences too. you know, I mean, I came away with a lot of uh, valuable information that we can apply to next year's because we'll do it every year. And so You know, there's you, you, you have these ideas about what's going to work and what's not going to work, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to do this. Like, for instance, we had this outdoor kitchen and it worked great. I built this outdoor, well, didn't build it, but I set up an outdoor kitchen where there was, you know, water and cooking areas and dish areas and provided a bunch of, you know, uh, dishes and things for people. Um, But it was bring your own food and your own drink. And, you know, we realized at the end of it that it's like, well, the truth is, is that everyone's going to have to foot that bell either way. So it'd be easier next year if we just have the cost of being here include the food. And then we can just buy all the food as the hosts. Right. And then work together as a group to create, prepare group meals. Because everybody ended up eating together anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was, it'd be easier if everybody was just cooking together and eating together. And then it would also be one less thing that retreat goers would have to deal with. They don't have to go to a grocery store, do any of that. They can, you know, 50 bucks a head, you know, basically for the weekend and add that on to the base amount. And then that way, you know, Shane liked to cook. I like to cook. There were people there, uh, Chris Hackard liked to cook. So, you know, there are always people there that are willing to offer up their cooking services. And so, so that was one of the things that we learned for sure. That was a a beneficial uh, draw from that experience was like, well, next time we'll just do communal food, you know, because we had vegetarians and we had meat eaters, so we already had a barbecue that wasn't for meat and a barbecue that was. And we already had all that, so it would just make sense then that we just create, you know, meals for everybody.
1: It'd be cool when it gets big enough eventually to have like a a, a
0: have it catered. Oh yeah, It would be so awesome, cool. <laughs> oh, it'd be so amazing. I'd have. I mean, if I was going to do it like that, I'd have the Ojo Caliente Mineral Springs and Resort up there cater it because they right. do that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Amazing food. It's four
1: miles from my house. You could probably make a deal with that pizza guy that you
0: know. Yeah, he's been closed now for like six months, and I don't know what's going on with him. I I drove by his place, and uh, now for, gosh, since before uh, Joy went out of town, Mm -hmm. and it just has a sign that says closed until further notice. And uh, he hasn't been open. And actually, the other day I was up at Oliver's, the other little store, and, and they were asking me, in there about, and they're about like, yeah, "Have you guys heard from Dave?" Or they asked me, "Have you heard from Dave?" And I was like, "No, I haven't." So nobody knows what's up with him. Wow. But yeah, it's too bad because he he definitely I'm sure he'd be more than happy to set up a catering thing like that. He makes amazing food. But the springs are cool too, and I think also you know there's these opportunities there for, you know, uh, like for instance, we all camped. Camping's cool. Some people like to camp. You know what? Not everybody likes to camp. <laughs> so right. you know, I I. I offered for people to be able to stay nearby at motels and hotels and they didn't choose to, but there are a lot of options and I could definitely set up some group rates and stuff. Oh, how close like are they to your place? Four miles. Oh, wow. Four miles north. It's like literally like less than a five minute drive from oh, my house. Cool. And so there's like, you know, the Ojo Caliente Mineral Springs and Resort, which has like, they're nice, it's expensive. They have like suites and historic hotel rooms and yurts and all this. But then right up on the highway, which is directly across from them, which is the same distance away, it's right across from where that Red Mountain Pizza is, mm-hmm. is the tallest trail in. And they are affordable rooming. And it's real close too. So again, I'm sure I could set up some group rates with those people in the event that people wanted to come and, or even, you know, camp for two days and then stay the last night at a hotel, you know, and get a clean up for a minute and soak in the springs or whatever. So, right. so those were, you know, again, those were some, uh, again, conclusions we were able to draw from the experience and things that uh, people liked. And, you know, I, I, would, would have preferred to have firewood that I didn't have to haul. And that's another thing that, you know, it's a lot of work having to haul a bunch of wood and chop it up and stuff. And I didn't have the funds to um, afford that because originally the budget that we had set was for a larger group and then we got less people, but I didn't want to quote a higher price to the people that were going to go. And so the budget was less than it should have been for, you know, what we needed to do. But that was because, again, it was spread out over a larger number of people that we weren't able to necessarily land this year. So, you know, it's just another learning learning experience as well insofar as budgets and how all that stuff works. I'm probably boring people to death here.
1: Well, how about how about a um, you want to do it like a recap, a play by play? How do you want to do this? Because I mean, well, I know I
0: mean, people seemed
1: from my perspective, but we did we did do that um, that broadcast. Pe- um, so I was able to kind of be there a little bit and and. and virtually and people seemed really into it i mean it seemed like it was a very um i don't know there was a warm feeling there like people were happy Mm -hmm. to be there and the energy was great i mean i really was bummed i couldn't go i really wish i I could have been there but um i mean is is there do you want to do the highlights or do you want to kind of run through it how do you want to do it or should i just ask you questions about it or
0: uh i mean i'm open to whatever format i think partly you and i excuse me, had, had wanted to spend some time on this talking about the discussion that we had as the dark art society group that was on the ground around the fire on that last right. night. Uh, because that obviously the goal of that conversation was basically for everybody to answer the question, where would you like to see the dark art society headed? What would you like to see out of it? How do you think we can grow it? And so that was kind of the question that we were all working with on that particular evening, but I, we don't have to you know, isolate, that is the only topic of discussion. I'd be more than happy to do
1: a highlight. Yeah, how about you give, give some highlights?
0: You're, you're a talker. <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> I'm over <laughs> here probably boring people, though, with my budgetary discussion. Well, it's, so, yeah, it's, uh, here's
1: some interesting, fun stuff that happened that went down. <clears throat>
0: well, the first night we, we didn't Oh, really wait. Change.
1: First off, how was the outhouse?
0: That's <laughs> what everybody wants to know about. How Everybody was the outhouse? Wants to, well, I'll be honest about the outhouse. The outhouse was great, <laughs> but as we all know, uh, I think because I made fun of myself publicly enough about it, the floor was <laughs> a little bit low, or perhaps maybe the seat was a little bit high. Um, well, I knew are, that,
1: are you able to sit on it with touching your like a normal, or was it even too tall for you?
0: No, it's fine for me.
1: That is so l- wrong that you did that.
0: Well, it, here's the thing. Well, let, me, let me finish my explanation. You think everybody's so, like seven feet tall? Come on. It's not that. <laughs> it's that the plan was and still is to bring the subfloor up by six inches, which was what I was going to do. But there's only so much time and energy. And so, you know, when you're down to the day before people are going to show up and you only have so much time left to do everything that's left to do. You know, there. I, I was like, you know what? They can have a stool and they can use the stool to get up higher if they need to get up higher this time, <laughs> because it would have taken me three hours to cut, to measure that lumber out, cut that lumber down, screw yeah. that lumber into the floor. And in the meantime, I would have dropped the ball on a half a dozen other things that were vastly more important than you, how high the floor was. So. You
1: should have just said that you meant to do it because you wanted to inspire a, a childlike feeling.
0: Well, that had been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not very good at that so yeah i didn't i didn't go with the lie but at any rate the, the needless to say it was a bit of a reach and i think men ended up sitting and urinating a little bit as opposed to standing and urinating just given the the height of it but aside from that uh, everybody seemed to appreciate it that the first person that used it got a door prize i told All everybody right. that the first person that officially used it you couldn't just go in there and take the door prize and walk away So the door prize was a deck of Mysterians. So the first person that officially used it got a deck of Mysterian. So that was cool. Um, everybody loved it. I mean, it's a really nice outhouse. It's well put together. It's super sturdy. I mean, you could be out there in a tornado and you'd be all right. Um, but you know, nevertheless, it's still an outhouse. So it's like, it's not that exciting. You're not going to spend any extra time in there unless you need to be in there, but you know, it's got a hook on the ceiling for a light and it's got a hooking the wall for coats and I screened in the top area so that flies can't get in but wind can move through and it's got, you know, fresh air and there was only one day where as you were concerned about that it stunk. And The reason for that was because despite the fact that everyone that was here was amazingly respectful, there was seriously, there was not a piece of garbage on the ground ever. I did not find a single stray piece of garbage. So everybody that was here was super respectful about using the garbage and using the recycling and cleaning up after themselves. But the one thing that they kept forgetting to do was to sprinkle ash over their bowel movement. And if you don't sprinkle ash over it, then it doesn't have a chance to break down and thus not smell. And so we, we also learned a good lesson there, which is that the, the rules for the outhouse need to be posted on a sign in the outhouse. Now, we had planned on doing that, yet another thing that went by the wayside. But you got to sprinkle ash when you're done. And I went in on the last day and there was like the container I had the ash in was like virtually full. And I was like, okay, no one's been doing that. So no wonder <laughs> it smelled on that one day. But the day I went in, it just smelled like fresh cut lumber. It didn't even stink. Joy was the one that told me the day that it did smell a little bit. So, so anyway, everybody was awesome. But next time, remember to sprinkle ash over your poop. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the outhouse is cool. And then, of course, we did a group project. So it was like we opened it up to everybody. We're like, you want to paint on the outhouse? Paint is there on water the in there? In an outhouse?
1: Yeah. No. Oh. So you're just like, poop's just hitting the ground? Yes. Correct. Plop. There's no no water no, in an outhouse. There's no splashing? I'm trying to get a... Uh...
0: An outhouse is like, you know, <laughs> a, a hole that's six feet in the ground deep. It's like, basically you want the hole to be as deep as the biggest person pooping in the hole. That's kind of the, the way it works. So I made it about as deep as I am, because I'm probably the biggest perp- person that'll be pooping in the hole. And so, you know, it's like a six foot hole in the ground that basically has uh, you know, a base structure that you build the outhouse on top of. And that base structure creates, effectively spreads the, the weight out on the ground so that you, when people are in the outhouse, the outhouse doesn't fall into the hole in the ground, you know? Right. Uh, so it's on railroad ties. So I made a railroad tie structure out of it that spreads out that weight. And then there's a hole and then you have, you know. A, a building, a shed effectively on top of it. And the shed has a door that with a hinge on it, that swings shut and a latch. So you can lock yourself in there. Nice. And then there's a bench seat with a real toilet seat on it that I, wow. Install. Yeah. And you sit down on it and you poop and when you, or pee and when you do that, it goes down into the hole in the ground and that's it. It's just down there. But interestingly on the inside of our outhouse, what we did was we took really heavy duty black plastic, and I created a, a plastic shoot that a poop covers, shoot? yeah, a that covers shoot. the covers the walls, oh, oh. so that that way, then if someone's peeing or pooping, it couldn't get on the wood and then deteriorate the actual structure. So it's like a, a plasticated poop shoot that all ensures that all stuff goes into the hole and doesn't get on any wow. of the struts, or the studs, or the flashing or any of that. Cool. And so when you pee in there, you know, you can hear it hitting the plastic, but it also makes it very dark. So you can't see in there. Like once you've done your business, you look in there and nothing to see. It's just oh, a dark hole. Okay. It's just a big dark hole. That's it. So, but then again, what happens is it sits down in there and you sprinkle ash over it. And then that ash and whatever liquid that's in there, you know, creates an a, an acidic effect and it breaks down the excrement. And of course you don't normally have that many people using an outhouse, like six people using it for four days straight. is not common. So it's, you know, it'll, it'll need to digest here a little bit, but no one's going to use it for a while. So, um, but it it turns to dirt basically. And if you've got it below the clay pan and you've got it down into the sand, then it basically just turns to dirt and, and, you know, slowly but surely the the hole fills with dirt made from poop, (laughs) you know, it takes a long time if you dig, dig a fairly large size hole. So
1: So that's probably enough poop talk for the the show but
0: well everybody was really excited about your poop talk on the last episode remember you went <laughs> on, and on and on about how you how what an inconvenience it is to poop and how it you is. wish you didn't have to poop and so then there were comments on there from people talking about how their bathroom habits on soundcloud and everything people really liked that <laughs> well what i was trying to talk about was the painting that people did on the outhouse yeah when you, when you had to ask me that more questions about okay the way that sorry go ahead just fucking with you. Um, and by the way, some outhouses do have rainwater catchment on the roof and a little sink in there and you can wash your hands in them and the water would go down into the hole. And I will eventually probably have something like that in there. It's just, again, you step by step, you know? But, um, so I, we, we said anybody that wants to paint on the outhouse inside, outside, big, small, whatever, do it. We want you to do it. And so we put out paints and Caleb, or no, I'm sorry, Ben Walling and Shane Isakowski, they they went to town on that thing. So Shane painted like a big old raven right on, on, at the foot when you're walking up to it. It's this cool looking raven that's like looks like it's shrieking or screaming or something.
1: Did you get pictures uh, of
0: it? Yeah, yeah, oh, there's cool. tons of pictures. I mean, I can go take a picture of it right now. That's true. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like painted the door door the the footer on the door so that it has like drips coming down from us it's like there's a raven sitting on this ledge with these drips Uh and then ben did like barbed wire all over it so he like did these like barbed wire things all over it oh cool yeah so that's cool so we'll just keep painting on it joy has a bunch of ideas and like every year we'll just like you know paint on it and allow people to paint on it just a great idea what kind of paint are you using uh we're just using acrylic because that's all we have but we're spraying it with varnish okay Probably so, like, would be I good have, to get I have, a fixative, I have a spray fixative. It'd be
1: good for, you know, as moving forward, it'd be good to get like, uh,
0: like a bunch of paint cans. Yeah. Real paint, you know, house paint. That would, that would yeah. be good. Yeah. We actually, that was on the list of things we were going to buy. Obviously we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then there was also speaking of painting, there was a canvas, a significant size canvas that joy had brought out. And you remember, we talked about that on this last episode, and Ben Walling just took that mother over. He like held that bitch down. He wasn't letting anybody else work on it. So he started doing all kinds. <laughs> of, he did this this painting on it. It's not like done per se. Um, and so like we could paint on it more. Uh-huh. But he worked on it all weekend. And he even foregoed hiking to paint. And he really wanted to hike because he was really into this painting he was working on. Yeah. And, and that painting got picked up by that crazy wind spirit that peeled the roof of my carport off. And it took it, like, up in the air and took it all the way down the driveway. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? Like, it, was in a, it was in a a, uh, a dust devil, because we get these sun devils, these dust devils here. And it was in one, spinning, flying through the air for, like, blocks. Wow. <laughs> and then, like, was deposited on the ground, and it didn't get scraped or broken or anything. So this is kind of like a magic canvas. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that was kind of a cool thing. And I think a lot of people throughout the weekend were just doing their, you know, drawing and, Painting and stuff like that. Cool. So, uh, yeah, the drawing and the painting thing, I think, was pretty consistent because people were, you know, interested ultimately in doing their creative work while they were on this retreat because, you know, they're they're away from their dominant paradigm, the place that they live and the place that, you know, influences them directly and in this place that is very different than what they're used to, you know? And so I, I noticed a lot of people getting out, pads ipads and doing digital work kelly was working on hers a lot and ben walling he was working on uh sketching around the campfire as well so there were a lot of people that were doing artwork which was you know it's fun to see people doing art while on the retreat getting away from the the daily life and doing art by the campfire and stuff yeah
1: well that that would be my i mean that would be the most fun for me i think if i would you know when i go next time um you know i like to hike but i'm not into it as much as you i i like being in that environment where you don't have to do anything and you could just like do some painting or drawing or even do some landscape stuff like plein air painting. That would be awesome to paint those mountains behind you.
0: Ash, uh, Ben did a, a landscape for me actually. I don't know if I have it over here. Um, I'm not sure where it is, but he bended a landscape for me and, 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 uh, we bartered, everybody is bartering. So I bartered a ward for his art and, we are all bartering stuff, like oh, giving cool. people for their drawings. And Sonia did a drawing of me from behind while I was recording the podcast. Yeah, I saw that. Too, that was, so was kind of cool. That was great. And she's amazing at capturing yeah. life, like, really, really captured the feel of it for sure. Just as a little side note, mm-hmm. everybody who
1: is aspiring artists out there, that's really the best thing. You, one of the best things you can do is whenever you're not painting or, or drawing or whenever you're just sitting there, even if you're watching TV or something just draw stuff around you mm-hmm. all the time. Like real loose drawings. Okay. Anyway, that's all.
0: Go yeah. On. Well, and she was obviously on top of that. Well, they were, I mean, Sonia, Sonia and Shane are, uh, are, are, just hyper creative people. It mean, yeah. wasn't like a time they weren't being creative. It's like passing that camera back and forth, taking pictures and shooting video. And when we were out hiking, they're rock stacking, you know, going around doing rock stacking. And so it was just a lot of, you know, a lot of creativity, but anyway to get back to the uh, you know, the first question you asked was about the outhouse but but to do a kind of a quick highlight the first night was early check-in. And so there were only a small group of people that showed up that first night. So Kelly, Ben, Sonia and Shane showed up that night. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of low key. Cause it was like just the four of us, you know, and they had spent a bunch of time together throughout the day getting here, you know, from Albuquerque. And so they had already kind of bonded and stuff. So it was cool just to have like a little more low key of an evening that first night, mm-hmm. just a few of us had a campfire. I had already, I already had the wood actually ready that first night. And, um, had some drinks and just kind of settled in and they got, you know, all of them got their first full experience of sleeping out in the country. Right. Because these people live in San Francisco and shit in the city or in Hollywood or wherever, you know, or Littleton or Mm -hmm. whatever. So, they were like tripping the next morning. They were like, dude, the coyotes were like sniffing our tent. They were like really? right there. Oh yeah. The coyotes are howling oh my right God. Next, to all the, next to their tents. And That's crazy. When, when they came in, it was a monsoon. So it was funny cause they showed up and it was like, right when they showed up, the sky opened up and it was just like lightning and a little bit of rain. And so everybody was like, Whoa, this is pretty intense, you know, real elemental. And then, uh, You know, then having the fire and then you're out under the stars and you saw, you know what the stars are like here. It's just, you can't even compare them because there's no light pollution. So it's like you're at 6,200 feet and there's no light pollution and you're in a bowl that has mesas all the way around it. So, you know, you can't really see anything outside of it. So they all got the full like, and it was a dark moon too. So they got like full Milky Way horizon to horizon that band and mars and venus and you know all the constellations cassiopeia and pleiades and you know the big dipper and all that stuff so i think that that was pretty gobsmacking to a few of them because you know you just don't get to see the night like that and really feel that depth where you're like holy shit i'm not like looking at a flat thing i'm in this i'm part of this you know right right space thing <laughs> yeah, so yeah. but then yeah also just the noises and ben told me that first night we didn't pitch his tent out in the pasture because it was lightning and he had metal rods so we oh. pitched his tent under the carport for that first night and it was funny because the next morning he was like dude last night man i just start hearing this like Huge sound, like just like something running through the field, and the ground is like shaking. And he was like, It was pretty intense. And it was the horses, you know, that we have oh, all these horses. Right, out. Right. They run up and down that field at night, and they're, you know, whinnying and making all their crazy horse chuffing sounds and just pounding the ground. I mean, you could feel the ground rumbling when there's six of them running down bet, the field.
1: Yeah.
0: So they were all pretty pretty amazed by that. And then that sent Shane and Sonia off on the horse photography. So they went over and met the horses. They met red and domino and charcoal. And these are all names I've made. Those are your neighbor's horses, right? Yeah. They're not ours. They're the neighbor's horses and we don't really know what their names are. So we make up names for them. (laughs) So they, they got to go over there and love up the horses and get horse pets and feed them grass and take bunches of pictures of them and stuff. And I, again, it's like, that's part of the fun of coming out here and doing this is to get to be up close and personal with a, Nine hundred pound animal, you know what I mean? Right. It's cool. It's fun. It's yeah. It's, an, it's amazing. It's great. You know. So then, that first morning, Friday morning, that was when everybody else showed up. So Caleb showed up that morning. Um, and Chris Hackard showed up that morning and so it was the whole group. So we did kind of like a group orientation. And as I said before, we all sat around and talked about what it was that we wanted to get out of it. A lot of people wanted to be able to pick my brain on, you know, Patreon and social media and crowdfunding and marketing and effective techniques for search engine optimization. Yeah, how did that go?
1: I didn't hear about that was that. good.
0: I mean, we didn't do like necessarily a full session of it. We did one session of it, but people were kind of just picking my brain throughout, right. but we did sit there for about an hour and a half and actually talk pretty steady about it. It went great. I mean, you know how it is for me. I like talking about that stuff. And most of the time people don't want to listen to me talk about that stuff right. because they're not interested. So right. to have a captive audience that's actually interested in algorithms and search engine optimization and best tagging methods and, you know, all this kind of stuff that's like really, really dry and boring for most people. Right. It was, It's fun to have it, people that are into it and I'm like, oh, I want to learn about that and I, I want to use that to my best advantage, you know, and they're really sponging it up too. So that's gratifying for me as an educator because I know they're going to use that information. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm just talking you know, to hear myself. Talk. Right. So so that was cool. We, you know, we we sat around and talked as a group and did that, and then we basically, you know, kind of figured out what would be a loose game plan for the weekend, um, so that everyone knew when things were generally speaking going to be happening and stuff. And then that was the day that we recorded the podcast with you. So mm-hmm. we had breakfast and we hung around, and then we basically were just waiting for that. So we set up that, did that podcast with you, which was really fun. I mean, th- I, I know that everybody there had a really good time, even if they maybe went into it, like dragging their feet a little bit because they were like, I don't want to be on it. And I was like, well, you don't have to be on it. You just kind of get the privilege of observing right. it if you don't be on it. So
1: so um, uh, did, did did you get the sense that people that, that had never met each other by the end of it had kind of become friends or, oh yeah you know, oh, yeah. like people made, new people friends were
0: there friends, and people were, people were, were, friends within hours of being there you know oh, i mean cool. it was definitely a very i would go so far as to call it a strong team building experience in general i mean the whole thing was team building because it's like you got to work together you know you're you only have so much food you're working with charcoal to cook you know what i mean you right. have to share an outhouse you're trying to decide what you want to do with your time you got to go and carry wood together in order to have a fire i mean it's you know it's yeah, a yeah, lot of team yeah. building stuff so I felt like everybody really quickly adapted to being comfortable with one another. And everybody was really cool about reaching out and making an effort to talk with each other and get to know each other and do that one-on-one interaction. And it felt like that shuffle was real organic. It wasn't like people were going out of their way to do it. It was just naturally occurring, you know. Mm. So that's obviously exciting. Um, so we did the podcast with you on Friday and we got done with that and gave everybody kind of a chance to chill out and we were holding off to do the hiking until the next day. But on Friday, um, I engaged people in some, you know, ritual campfire stuff. So we all imbibed various things on that first night and hung around the campfire and basically just had a really fun time. Like we didn't, there was no goal except for there was a lot of laughing and a lot of that's what she said, especially Kelly and joy. They would not stop, man. They were like, <laughs> everything that I said, it was a, that's what she said. But yeah, it was just really good. Like that fire was really fun. Cause everybody was just having a really good time and having some drinks and cutting loose and just being playful and having a, you know, just enjoying each other's company. And so, you know, I think for a lot of us, we spend our time real stressed out and uptight. And so, you know, to just be able to kick back and just hang out and not be worried about anything is refreshing, you know? yeah yeah So that was cool. And then the next day we did, um, again, you know, everyone ate and then I took everybody out on a group hike in the morning. Well, not everybody. So what I did was I said, anybody that wants to do a moderate, easy hike, you know, hop on and, and we can go do the Arroyo and I'll take you up to Chet's power spot. And then, um, anybody that wants to do a more intermediate to advanced hike, we'll do that in the evening once it's cooler and we'll go up on the Ridgebacks. So I took out a group of what? One, two, three, four, five people and me for the day hike. And we hiked up the Big Arroyo and uh Caleb found the Chetzar smokestack, which was the clue to find this to do the scavenger hunt, because I set up a geocache of a bunch of semi-precious stones up in a power spot for the Dark Art Society. And I had found this really old metal can out there that when, when I say old it's steel, first of all, and it's got like a church key punch in it, like a triangular church key punch in it. So it's probably from when the army Corps of engineers was putting that fence in, which was in 1949. So this can is like super old and it's fully intact <clears throat> and it's obviously filled full of water and sand. And then the water came out. So it's full of sand. So it's super heavy. It looks just like a smokestack. Mm -hmm. So I went up this arroyo and I found we're walking up the main arroyo and an arroyo is basically just like a dry riverbed where water goes down when it floods. So it's like a really deep cavern that has steeping walls on either side that's empty because there's no water in it and you're walking up and it's kind of like a tunnel or a labyrinth. And there are a lot of little ones, tributaries that come off of that, that feed that. And so on one of those tributaries, I had taken this metal, rusty can from you know 1949 and stuck it up all high, so it looked like a smokestack coming out of the ground. And it's real jarring because everything else out there looks natural, you know. Right. So I was like, "All right, everybody, keep your eyes peeled for the Chedzar smokestack," you know. <laughs> so Caleb saw it, so he's like, "Hey, is that it?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sure is." You lead the way, so I let them lead me all the way up this arroyo to the power spot. Oh, and, cool. There was an altar spot up there and everybody dropped off rocks that they've been collecting. Cause I do this thing where it's like you carry a rock and then when you see another one you want, you trade it out for that one. And I have altar spots and stuff for doing offerings. So everybody had already done their offering at Chet's power spot. And then, and we all hung out in there and took pictures and stuff. And then we went up to the, the geocache. And so that was cool. We hung out there and then we, we hiked a little bit more, but it was hot, you know, and it's, you know, you, it's, it is what it is. You know, you only want to hike as far as you want to hike. So I could tell that the group was kind of winding down. So I just like, before people were like sick of it, I was like, Hey, you guys ready to go back? Right. So we ended up going back and, uh, it's always a nice hike back. And we came back in the afternoon and everybody had some lunch and kind of hung around. And then my buddy Adam showed up and he brought a half cab Marshall amp an electric guitar, a flute, his banjo, all kinds of musical instruments. Cause he's like a musical prodigy and I have a hand drum, which we'd been yeah, playing Yeah, I saw someone
1: the- playing play the flute. I was like, wow, I didn't know there were flutes being played.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, I have a bun- I shot footage of it, which I'll be posting on my Land of Enchantment Tours Patreon, which you'll see because you're a patron, um, of of the music, of him playing the flute and of uh, Shane playing the guitar and Ben playing the drum. Because I have a hand drum. and we have been playing it around the fire every night. So we brought it out. So I shot a bunch of footage of that, it was just cool. Adam just shows up and first he's playing the banjo and Ben's playing the drum and he gets out his flute and then he gets out his electric guitar. And so it was just cool like to have you know music playing and hanging out with him. And then we did the advanced hike and he went on the advanced hike with me and with Caleb. And Adam is this musical genius guy. So check this out. As we're walking along, he's got his speaker. He's got his this this device that has songs he's recorded. Mm -hmm. But then it's got like a finger pad where you can do like sound effects and change the frequency and things of the music you're listening to while like live while you're listening to it. Oh, really? So like hiking up into the desert and Adam's playing this like super creepy, like horror house kind of guitar music. That's like and it's like all real weird. And then he's like doing these like effects over it while we're walking, like in beat with our walk. It was so cool, wow. man. I couldn't have even asked for someone to come up with this idea. And Adam just does it off the cuff, you know? So the whole time we're out there hiking, he's like playing his weird music and doing like weird sound effects and stuff with it. I've certainly never hiked to that kind of music before. Right. Yeah, I hiked like <laughs> the sound of nature, you know? But That's it was fun. Cool. Wow. So we we hiked way up on top of what I call Bogman territory, which is by the Lord of the Rings territory, and you have like a 360 degree view up there of the mountains all the way around the Sangre de Cristos, the Tusa's, the Hemes, Pedernal, which is where Georgia O'Keeffe's ashes are at. It's an extinct flat top volcano. So we did like the you know the full view from up there and did Ridgeback walking. And then Caleb was like, oh, I want to go down in Arroyo to get back. So we went down in Arroyo. I'd never been down, and we started all the way at Bogman Territory. So it was fun because we were going down one a tributary I'd never been down before. Mm-hmm. And then at a given point in time, I started recognizing it because I'd been from that point down. So we hiked actually till it was dark. I, I, I felt a little bad because I was like, yeah, we'll be back by dusk. But it was like it was pretty well dark by the time that we got that. <laughs> so we went out. We were pounding hard. We only stopped three times, and we probably did five miles, the three of us. So Jeez. we were we were not fucking around. Sounds Um, like fun. (laughs) That's for for people to like that, you know. I am Just just kidding. I'm just, you know me. I'm
1: just, just giving you shit. Yeah, like always.
0: (laughs) So yeah. So we got back from that hike, and uh, it was, and then I started a fire right away because it was getting dark. And uh, then we did the Dark Arts Society meeting, which was basically all of us on the ground, standing around the fire, and basically discussing, you know, where would we like to see it go? What are some ideas we have for? Yeah, that's like the
1: the, the coolest. to me just the fact that we could all we're not we because I wasn't there but everybody can get together physically look each other in the eye talk about ideas it's it's amazing you know yeah I think that's just so cool that one of the one of the coolest features about it
0: yeah it was really cool and and we had all discussed that we were going to do it so and then we had planned when we would do it so that way then everyone had time to kind of think about it you know and prepare themselves for it and like well what do what do what am I interested in seeing what do I think about this? you know? But the cool thing was the whole time we're doing that, Adam's playing his guitar. So he's got, I, I strung a hundred foot long extension cord out to the fire pit. He's got his half cab Marshall out there. So he's playing the electric guitar around the campfire, which most people, you know, that experience is weird in and of itself, or not weird, but rare anyway, you know, in and of itself. I mean, I've listened to electric guitar around the campfire a few times, but that's because of Adam. Most people don't have an Adam. So, right. you know, But the coolest thing was, while we're talking, he's not saying anything, he's just playing his guitar. And as the conversation's going on, he's like slowly backing away from the fire pit, and backing away from the fire pit, and backing away from the fire pit. It's like pitch black, you can't see him. So it was like he was just turning the volume down on the music like so slowly and so progressively that it was like at a given point in time, there was like no music playing anymore. and We were like, whoa, when did the music turn off? And then we look over and he's just laying on his back on the dirt by the fire, like not saying anything. And he's like already put his guitar away and stuff. So he's just <laughs> super tuned in, man. He really he's hip to what's going on with vibes and energy and like didn't say a word, just hung out and and let us have our have our meeting, you know. Right. So that was really cool. That's great. Um, we can revisit the, the topics of the meeting, but yeah, just to finish the highlights. So um, so anyway, we, we finished up that meeting and everybody kind of crashed out. And then the following morning, we had to take people to the airport. So Shane and Sonia and I took Ben and Kelly to the airport, but we took the long drive so I could give them all a really cool road trip because none of them had really gotten to see the Northern country. Mm-hmm. And they were all really interested in seeing the Rio Grande Rouge Bridge. Which was filmed by Oliver Stone and is featured in Natural Born Killers, and so a lot of people are like, "Oh, wow! It's the Natural Born Killer Bridge." You know, right. uh, it's, it's also, in a lot of movies,
1: right? It has I mean, been it's... in a lot
0: of movies, and it's also you know well known because it's an incredibly deadly bridge because right. you know it, you can't survive if you jump off of it. And people do. And so there are call boxes and stuff across it. So it's, you know, it's got mixed energy, like everything in New Mexico. It's a bit witchy. It's a bit beautiful, you know, right. all wrapped up in one yeah. A bit dangerous and scary, but a bit amazing and inspiring too. So drove them up over there, got them that view. And then I took them down through Taos and all the way down the Rio Grande Gorge. So they got to drive actually down the whole entire gorge, which is, it's just mind blowing. I mean, you really can't even describe yeah. what it's like. So you do it. You haven't done that yet. I've never taken you over yeah, that direction. Yeah. So then we just, you know, after that, I think I've of, been there, you might've been there when I've, your parents or your brother. Were yeah. Busy. I
1: think I, I went there, um, when my, when I went to see my parents there on time.
0: Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's so we just, and then the, the rest of the drive is pretty boring. I mean, you just drive down through Espanola and Santa Fe. I mean, it's beautiful to people that aren't from here, but for me, it's like, yeah, we're driving through this, you know, we're driving with other cars on a highway. Right. But we went down to the airport, plenty of time, dropped Ben and Kelly off. And then on the way back, we got to see an amazing lightning storm. There was this huge monsoon hitting Santa Fe, like dumping like feet, you know, inches of water. And just this incredible lightning storm, you know, like lightning strikes coming down and going across the sky, you know, 100 miles across a cloud bank on the bottom side of a cloud bank and shit. Just amazing, you know. So Sonya and Shane got an eyeful. It was like every five seconds, like, whoa, you know. (laughs) bolts of lightning here, like nothing you've ever seen. I mean, yeah. it's, they'll, they'll hit the ground and then follow the same track five times. So it's like, zot, 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 and it's like holding the air for so long that you look away and you can't, you see this bar of light in your eye, like stuck there. Cause it held its ground so long, you know, it's just dosing this, this chain of electricity. Right. But we basically made it past that monsoon into Santa Fe. We had some dinner together. We went out to eat and then came back, and then it was like a couple nights. Like Shane, you me, and Joy, and we just like sat around the fire and talked, and went to bed early, and got them up early the next morning, and got them on their way, and they uh, they went to Meow Wolf and went and did the Meow Wolf experience, which cool. you have to go see if you're here. And uh, then we started cleanup, you know, started trying to deal with the mess. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, I mean, it, it's. We've talked more about this too, and um, you know, just for time's sake. We should get onto the, uh, I want to, I mean, it sounds amazing, but we, um, we should talk about what the ideas that were thrown around the fire, yeah, yeah.
0: you know, cause well, uh, and I'd like, and the, I I have a list here because of Chris Hackard, cause he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing in every way. Like Chris Hackard, I know you're listening to this. You are amazing. We love you. Yeah, Like he's so cool. He's so giving. He's so friendly. He's so open. He's so accepting. He's like, and so much more than that. And I just, I can't sing Chris Hackard's praises enough. Like he is is such an important man to have in this movement. So you're an important you, Chris. man, Chris. Yeah. So Chris, took it upon himself to put together notes after the fact Kelly's around the fire and Kelly's like, we should be keeping track of this. Someone mm-hmm. should be taking notes. And she's right. Someone should have been, I was keeping mic notes in my head. So I got a little bit of it. Um, but I didn't You're keep, the host you notes. Know,
1: you got a lot to think
0: about. Though. Yeah. So Chris, on the other hand, he did the best he could to recall. He typed me an email with bullet notes and, And then I'm going to pass this around to the other members and see what they remember, and then we'll come back together and I'll do a post on the Dark Arts Society Patreon with all of the information. But we can at least skim through some of it here, um, if that's cool. Yeah, do it. So Chris, the first thing Chris wrote on here was a central location or repository for information regarding the Dark Arts Society. Uh, like, a sh- and, and obviously we want that to be the dark arts society website, but we we're talking interim. So we were thinking like a short term Dropbox or a Google drive, um, which could be a way to have a repository for information regarding the dark arts society. Right. Um, a Google calendar to easily find shows and information based on dates short term until again, the website is set up. But the idea basically would be, you know, that if there is a show coming up, if we all have access to this Google, ca- Google as Dark Arts Society members, anybody could go in there and say, oh, yeah, hey, that's yeah. our show is going to be on October 13th at Copro. Oh. And that same night, Gabe Leonard's show is going to be, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, you know?
1: that's what's great about, um, you know, having everyone contribute to this because people in, you know, the middle of bumfuck Egypt might know about some little show that's going on there that other people that are maybe nearby wouldn't, none of us would know about. Exactly. So it's like a play. It's a great idea.
0: Well, also was what is asking specifically cause she lives in Hollywood, but she or North Hollywood, but she doesn't have a lot oh, of friends really? and she's like, I don't even know when any of this stuff's going on. Oh, and shit. so, but she would go to all these events if she knew. And I think there are a lot of people like her. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There used to be, you know, there was an LA version of, of a newsletter like that called Sour Harvest. Mm. sour harvest newsletter, but I don't know what happened to that, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a great idea. One other thing I wanted to throw in there real quick mm-hmm. before I forget is, um, there should also be a, a section on the website that documents every, um, meeting we have every, yeah, yeah. every year with photos, video, but also the information like minutes or whatever that, you know, yeah. the notes yeah, that totally. have been taken and stuff. Anyway,
0: Absolutely. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh one of the things that we brought up that's really important, and I think this is vastly important, in fact, is how to make the dark art society attractive to all levels of artists from entry level to well established. This was a big topic of discussion. We discussed this for a long time. I mean, it probably got an hour worth mm-hmm. of talk. We talked for I, I would say about four hours that night. So, what do you mean fire. by
1: that? What do you mean by well, that?
0: Well, what what we were discussing about that was basically like, okay, the dark arts society, we want to grow it. Not only because we want more members, but simply because we want more legitimacy as a dark art movement. We want to be able to show in more places. We want to make more money for the work that we're producing. We want our value to be more valuable, you know, all of these things. In order to do that, we need to have the dark art society growing. And so we need to be able to provide incentive and make it attractive to – both people that are just learning how to do art as well as people that have been are well established and they they don't need uh, tutorials, for Mm -hmm. instance. So it's like right now we provide the podcast, which provides free information for everyone. right? Right. And the reward tiers that we have that are enticing now are enticing on a bonus feature level for mostly people that are just really interested in the podcast or interested in, Doing their work and honing their craft. Right. So, right now, the Dark Art Society is more attractive, perhaps, to more entry level artists. Mm-hmm. But what we want is we want big name artists repping us, you know, because the more big name artists that are like, I'm a member of the Dark Art Society, right. the more people, the more galleries, the more people in the world will start to say, Oh, they're a member? Well, yeah. that's legit. It's legit. Just to ra- raise awareness. So, exactly so here's the thing is like right now how attractive is the dark art society to well established artists you know and i think the answer is not very and and i, I mean just to be true you know And all yeah us,
1: so. I, I think but i think i was thinking about that after because we talked about this a little bit before i was thinking um i think you know one of the big problems with with uh bigger artists not getting on board i think they're supportive because they want to support the movement but um I don't think there's been from you and I or, or me probably more than you much of like outreach even really to say, Hey, you know, you want to be more active in this, yep. you know, I, even though it's a great, you know, it's, I think it's a great idea to offer incentives for people to do that too. But I, I, the more I was thinking about, it is like, you know, most of the bigger names probably just need an invitation. Like they would yeah. want to do it just to help out. But, but I, yeah. but I still think it's a great idea to offer something in return for sure.
0: Well, and, and again, that's, you know, that isn't, they should get something out of it. We should all be
1: getting something out of it,
0: you know? Indeed. And, but, but at the same time, I think that, you know, what you're saying is part of the conversation. The conversation wasn't simply just, well, what kind of incentive can we provide them or reward or whatever, but rather, how can we make (laughs) it beneficial to them to be a member? I mean, you know, how do they benefit from it? What, 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 how do they stand to benefit And also the conversation, I kept the conversation always back to ask less from Chet. I mean, that's just the truth because you are incredibly busy, especially right now. And so, you know, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to come to you with a laundry list of 15 different people that I want you to take your day and reach out to. So we were trying to steer the conversation back to what what can we do? You know, Mm -hmm. what can we do as a group? And that was the thing that was really important to me about that conversation and that I kept honing in on and driving that nail was like, this is not about Mike Carell. This is not about Chet Zar. This is about the fucking Dark Arts Society. Right. And all of you are equal members. Every single person in this is an equal member. And so, what do we want to do as a group? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not about what I want. It's not about what Chet wants. And so, it should be about what we all want. And that was the nature of that conversation. Right. So, I think it's important to remember that as we go through these things, too, because it really is a matter of a movement of people that are cooperating together to achieve more as a group than we could as individuals. I mean, it's not that complex like any group, right? Right. So anyway, I think that again, the next topic plays into this notion of how to make it attractive to all level of artists. So one of the things that was brought up was a dark art society, annual publication like spectrum, for instance, that's that's
1: a a great idea. You, You know, one of the reasons that's so great is because if it's a limited small thing, for a small number, like maybe limited to the people that are in it or I don't know, we have a limited orders. you can get those books made for relatively cheap one at a right. time from like blurb right. and, and stuff.
0: Yeah. And basically one of the things Chris brought up, cause he knows some of these people, is he said, maybe reach out to Kathy and Arnie Fenner to see how they started spectrum annual almost 24 years ago, right. just to yes. like vet it out, get some information. Yeah. Why not? Um, and again, we that that was a topic that we discussed for a long time because the idea of having a publication that basically would have, you know, a thumbnail for every artist that's a dark art society member with a little bit of their bio mm-hmm. and then have featured artists in it that are based on awards that we've decided to give to the people that have been chosen as, you know, the dark right. artists for this year you know that and have those people sponsored that does create additional potential exposure and incentive for multiple levels of artists. And also that ability then to work better and get better at your craft to place and be able to place next year. Fuck. I might place next year. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's also got me thinking there should be, um, maybe there should One thing we ought to consider as well. This is I just have to say these things or I'll forget. So I don't mean sorry to interrupt you, but um, it's a conversation. Like a a, a newsletter might be good, a monthly newsletter.
0: Oh yeah, that's
1: in tandem with the website.
0: Um, Sorry, okay, go ahead. You don't have to be sorry. (laughs) I'm writing it down actually, which is interesting because the one of the next things on the list is general knowledge sharing and knowledge uh, preservation, and obviously taking notes is knowledge preservation. So. Monthly newsletter. Um, prior to that, though, one of the things that is currently in the works is this Dark Art Society online show. Now, you and I are not facilitating that. It, that was spearheaded by a group of Dark Art Society members because we all are, uh, and mm-hmm. everybody can just jump up and do something like that. Which there are a group of people doing it. We're really excited. We did provide some guidelines for them um, because Chet knows a lot about how all that works. And so, one of the things is that that dark art society online show will be juried. And that interesting idea that came out of the discussion was maybe have the jury, the jury provide some type of critique if the artist doesn't make the cut so they can improve for the next show. I thought that was fantastic. And I offered up to do it. So, um, because you know, me always offering myself up to do more than I have time to do. Um, (laughs) What I figured I would do is—is is I could get the feedback from the jury, the the juror members, and then I can put it all together. So I could yeah. create a critique for these individual artists without you guys having to do anything other than just give me a few well, bits of information. You know? Yeah, I mean? that,
1: that's a—I mean—a critique, some sort of critique group in general is a great idea. That's specific to us as dark artists. Um, even if that was a some kind of Discord channel,
0: maybe. Well, And again, it's like I agree, and we could do that actually that would be because a good that that's,
1: seems like an ongoing thing that would really be helpful to a lot of artists because I see stuff all the time where I'm just like, oh, if that was just this, that would be sure. 100 percent better or if there's I could tell this person doesn't understand this principle that's pretty simple, you know, because I was there and I remember not getting it and then getting it and my paint sure. artwork improved. And, and so it's you know, a lot of times I want to say something, but people aren't asking so. I, I just feel like I don't want to be a dick if people aren't asking. Yeah,
0: me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's a difference too between you know uh, professional critique and peer critique, right? You know, and that's one of the things I think all of this kind of beckons back to that incentivized level of like, well, you know, if what's your incentive to try to show in the Dark Arts Society online show if you know, you're not going to get into it. Well, right. the incentive is, is that you try, you try to get into it and then you get a bunch of good feedback and then you're able to take another whack at it the next year right. or the next in three months or however often it happens. Right. But there's got to be a reason for it to be, have some more additional value to it. And I think that's what we're talking about yeah, is just yeah. trying to pump some of these things up with greater value. Right. And
1: everybody who's listening to this, if, you know, uh, if you have your own ideas, you know post them on um the comments on the maybe the soundcloud or in, in the yeah if you're in the group or in the or
0: the, the cooperative group right yeah.
1: okay yeah so we're, we're
0: getting there there like were,
1: we're at about an hour so
0: yeah we're at about an hour so, 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 so. but i have two more things that i'm okay. going to bring up and these were not on chris's list these were in my head um one of them was this great idea that shane and Sonia brought up and that idea was to have potentially open up the dark Arts society website to a sponsor. Now, be that a tier, like we open up a tier that is the amount that it's going to cost per month to run the dark Arts society website for a year, or just literally put the feelers out for someone who wants to sponsor it for a year. And we would come up with, you know, the hosting fee, the amount of energy and time it would take to do it, right. you know, blah, 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 basically the overhead. And then an individual or a group could choose to step up mm-hmm. and sponsor it for a year, and they could get whatever accreditation they want with it. They could have a banner across the top of the web webpage saying, so-and-so sponsors the Dark Arts Society right, website. Yeah. And that would be a way to kind of jump that capital hurdle, while also allowing us that platform that we need so much. Because we could do this in a lot of five different areas, but it'd be a hell of a lot easier to do it all in one place. You know, Right, right. And so I thought that was just a really good idea yeah, and I never idea. thought of it, you know? And so just right out the gates. If there's anybody listening to this episode and that sounds intriguing, hit one of us up seriously, because you know, you, it could be good for you, even if it's not going to pay you money, it could still be really good right. for you. And, and it's also something that you could do on a philanthropic level to help this movement developed because without that website, we're kind of in a tough spot and we're not, we're barely making half enough right now a month to even start thinking about making it. So if somebody had that ability and somebody had that interest, then that, that could really be beneficial. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I thought
0: that was a great idea. It is a great idea. The other great idea is for everyone listening, hashtag dark art society, period. You do a piece of dark artwork, hashtag dark art society on Instagram. Now, wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. Now, is that, is that the, the um, hashtag we want to go with—I mean, that's perfect. Well, but have, is there one that's? We have, we have, that's, lot, we have is lots it, of hashtags. I know, I but it, it. but listen, listen—is it is it already taken by someone else that's been using it for years? Or I mean, have you checked it's, on it's
0: it? By, I've checked on it. There's one thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine Dark Art Society tags. The one last time I looked. And it's just all random people. And I've also okay. been using it for a year and a half. And I post every single day with the tag dark art okay, society. Cool. Every so we're, day. We're I don't of, miss a day without posting that tag. Okay. Basically.
1: So, Unless so it's, I miss it's, a up, day it's up for grabs. I, uh, yeah, I'm looking right now at the, Well, it's
0: a tag. It's not like any tag is up for grabs. Yeah. But
1: you, yeah. Okay. I, I you know, the whole thing, you're not, it's not a, a hashtag shouldn't be like a million people are using it or something, you know,
0: you want correct. With... So, Yeah. So Chet is making a good point. Hashtags. Now this is, this is a proprietary hashtag and this is something just to specify search tags are different than proprietary tags. If you're looking to try to land search tags on your name, then you want something between 25,000 hits and 150,000 hits for tags. If you're working a proprietary tag, it doesn't matter because you're just trying to circulate a proprietary tag. So what I would say is this though, don't limit it to that tag dark art society podcast, tag dark art society, tag dark art society retreat, tag dark art, tag dark artists. You know, I mean, the idea is this, if we want to generate an affiliation on a proprietary level to an eventual search tag with the phrase dark art society, the more people that are producing dark art that are tagging dark art society or dark art society podcast, or any of those phrases, the more we are going to have eyes on that and the more people will right. begin to accept it as a legitimate thing. And so it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's necessarily affiliated with directly just the dark art society insofar as it's a way for dark artists to jump on that band leg and, and send eyes in that direction. Right. So that hopefully right. more people say, hey, fuck, I want to join for a buck and you know, be a part of this thing. Right. And and a big part of being a part of it is just repping that you're a part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's almost like a job to some degree. It's not just like, Oh, I'm paying a buck, so I get yeah, I get uh, to listen to the podcast a day early. My apologies, you didn't get that week that this week, by the way. Um, yeah, I, but,
1: th- I think the top ones should be you know if you're gonna use if you're gonna do two, I would say Dark Art Society and Dark Art Society podcast are the two probably big ones, right?
0: Yep, those are the two that. But the use. podcast
1: one is completely ours. I mean, there's no other. There's I doubt else. anybody's using Dark Art Society podcast at this point,
0: so. No. Yeah, and I try to tag both of those as much as I can, because even if you just tag... So, yeah, so I'm not even
1: it using them when I post, and I need
0: to stop well, using them. Yeah, I mean, you are sometimes. Yeah,
1: sometimes, but not not as, you know, I always do... My main one I always do is hashtag chat czar, but um, I need to do the other ones, too.
0: Yeah. Anyway. yeah. So dark art, dark art society, dark art society podcast. You just throw that tag on things. It's gonna help. It can't not right. help. Basically, yeah. you know. And that's something everyone can do. Yeah, it's something yeah. everyone. A way it's to not contribute. hard. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. You yeah. know. Yeah. So or and and as we always have said, spread the word. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Send an email. Tell a friend about it. Talk mm-hmm. about it. You know what I mean? Whatever. The idea, again, is that we're not doing this so that we can profit. We're doing this so all of us can profit. That right. is the point of the Dark Art Society. And anything anybody does to mobilize that is helping in that yep. regard.
1: Yep. Well, um, we're over an hour. Do you want to uh, wrap it up? Do you, do you want um, any final words or do uh, you want to read off the...
0: Yeah, I need to read off our new patrons. And you have, I'm assuming, a word for the week. Synesthesia oh. for the week. Forgot it, yeah. Let me look it up. You want to you look it up while I'm reading the name. Right. So I, I'm pretty sure the last person I ended up ended up with was and I pronounced her her name Yasmin Murphy. And then she joked on a on a, a SoundCloud comment and she was like, that's the most exotic my name's ever sound. She's like, I, it's just Jasmine. So uh, but I'm pretty sure she was the last one. So thanks again, Jasmine. We've got Milan Debert. And I think I said, hey, this yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know him. We've got Orion Weist. That is a new one. Orion. Okay. Thanks, Orion. And I love the name Orion because I love the constellation Orion. So I, I love think we you just.
1: Yes, we love you. And I think then, we just got a new one today. Did you check? Have you checked it
0: recently? This morning, I checked it. There was a new one. Let me read the next two and then I'll look it up right. while you're doing synesthesia. Olin Rayler, Olin Raylor. Thank you. And Sonia Leticia, which is hey, Sonia. Isaacowski's. Uh, significant other, amazing, and now a dark artist and on Discord as well. Excellent. So, woot. Okay, so
1: um, let me see here. Did I do the word truth? Have we done that one?
0: Yeah, you did truth. Okay, Crunchberry. Didn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say Crunchberry. So yeah, I, okay. I have a... <laughs> um,
1: Okay, I Sad. Okay. Hate me pathetic. <laughs> let's see. Uh, how about did, did I have I ever done the word fair? No. Okay, that's a good one. That's a really strong one. Fair tastes like.
0: Wait, 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 wait. F A I R or F A R E? Either way.
1: Either way. It's really. All right,
0: because that's how it sounds. Jesus, I always forget.
1: (laughs) Um, Fair tastes like wine. That's pretty good. It's weird. And it's weird that these were all developed as, you know, in my childhood brain. So I must have tasted wine at some
0: point when I was a little kid. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> that's interesting yeah yeah um yeah like red wine really strong I one
0: i don't remember what the new password is that you um, made for this fucking thing that's cool we can we can do, uh, chalk it up to next episode i'm gonna try and see if i had it oh, right i, can I do just it. oh wait yeah, yeah. well wow. i don't know what i'd have to go so far back in our messages to find even what you called it you was you were making fun of me. It was like I know the first part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, um,
0: yeah. I might have saved. Them, all right, well, actually.
1: let's just do it. We'll 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 add them in the next round.
0: Yeah, we'll get you guys in the next one. But we've got we, we're all the way up through Sonia, and she just added on, so that's that's pretty new anyway. Yeah, cool. I know I've got that in here somewhere. I thought I'd memorize it because it was so stupid, but <laughs> I can't remember the number combination at the end of it. Oh, oh, here it is. I just found it. Okay. There it is. Now let's see if you, yeah, you didn't change it again. Okay, let's try it. All right.
1: Well, Mike's going to look it up so we can get this last person in. New subscriber, I believe it was a dollar subscriber. Unless, yeah, I got in. Look at that. Okay, unless it's wrong. Without
0: you even having to clear me or anything. Holy crap. Great. Okay, notifications. And let's see. We do. We have an Aaron Schwartz. Aaron right, Schwartz, Aaron. thank you for thank joining you. us. I'm gonna type him in now, so I don't forget, because I have to then send messages and add them to cooperatives and all kinds of other work. Yeah, we have 157 members right now. Wow, that's great. One, two, three, four, five, six. So 100, technically 151.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Because when I, when someone leaves the Dark Art Society, I take their name out, but I leave their number there so it doesn't screw up everybody oh, else's number. Good idea. So there's some blank numbers in here. So yeah, so 100, still, like I said, 150, 151 is a pretty good clip of people for now. And yeah, we'd love great. to set it up around 300 so that we had even more power. Yeah, power to the people.
1: Yes. All right, well, thank you for uh, tuning in, everybody. And uh, right thanks for thanks for everyone who supported and and went out to the to the the retreat as well that this was you know like a dipping dipping the toe in the water to see see you know if this is something that could be sustainable over time it was kind of like yep. a test and you guys were the pioneers there so appreciate you doing that I wish I could have been there but um next year I bet you next year it'll be pretty big I think it'll be you know i think it'll be really cool I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, and I, you know, we're, we, uh, generally talked about while we were there as a group, just calling the dark art society annual retreat as the first full weekend in September every year. So, um, anybody that is thinking about wanting to do that next year, start thinking about that now. Cause that was part of the problem is, you know, we, we set this up, but there was only about three and a half months, right. whereas now you now you guys got a year. So if you want to come start thinking about the first full weekend in September next year, because we're going to do it again. And, and I I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I, I imagine that this next year will sell out, and it will sell out rapidly. And so, yeah. because we had a good time, people all want to come back. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know. So anyway, I would I would definitely start looking at getting your schedule cleared for next year if you want to do it, because that's when we're looking to try to try to do it every year. So.
1: Yeah. So all right, and every year it's going to get better. You chats are yes, and I you know. don't have a
0: solo show next year. I don't. So, know, so I'm, I can do it. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So that's it.
0: That's it. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And
1: oh, yeah. To- uh, and uh, also, uh, if you want to support Dark Art Society, Patreon, patreon.com slash Society. Got it. Mike's patreon.com slash emails from infinity and uh, patreon.com slash land of enchantment tours. Tours. Nice. Look at you. I'm so and proud of you. And mine is patreon.com slash chat one word. And um, this is—if you want to join mine for even just a dollar a month, it's a good time because I am painting for this show that has to be done in a month. So it's going to be every day. I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff. So you're going to see
0: tons and tons of. Yeah. of well, and the truth is, if you're following Chad's Patreon, you already know that you see tons of stuff to begin with. But you'll see even more. <laughs> yeah, cause it's going to be a big a tear to get through this stuff. So there's going to be a lot of. More. Well, both of mine too, because Land of Enchantment Tours right now, I'm blowing it up because of all these tours and the retreat right. and everything. And then my emails from Infinity, I'm doing this mini sor- this mini series, New Mexico True Horror Miniseries, and I'm about to release the first episode of this mini series. It's, it's freaky and fun and stuff, so follow along with that. Yeah. So right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in again next Wednesday or Tuesday if you're a Dark Art Society member for the Dark Art Society Retreat. I mean, Dark Art Society Podcast. Look, I've said retreat so many times, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Retreat. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.